It was 2 a.m. yesterday, and his phone rang. He didn't answer. It rang again a few minutes later, there in the greater San Francisco Bay area. He took the call and was glad he did. His house was dark, no power. Outside, the sky was lit up. Andy Santa Maria owns the Christian radio station where this program airs every morning at 8. By flashlight, Andy and his wife quickly packed their cars and headed to safety. He still doesn't know if his house is all right. With a heat wave already underway, Northern California has a series of lightning-lit fires leading thousands to evacuate as the state's governor has declared a state of emergency. Over 10,000 lightning strikes recorded the past few days. Rolling blackouts already felt as the power grid was overtaxed. You can understand people are on edge. When any disaster strikes, where do Christians turn? To the Lord for safety and his protection. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we share the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program in a series called Soul Care. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I want to say that again. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I just love that about our Lord. He's not ashamed of us. He calls us his friend. In just a moment, we're going to look at one of the messiest miracles in all the Bible. It involves Jesus, spittle, and a blind man. His healing touch brings us closer and cares for our soul. But before that, we're going to hear about Charles Spurgeon one more time and different ways we all suffer. One of the most disorienting things about depression is that it often has no rhyme or reason that we can tell. Uh, Sometimes, as Charles Spurgeon would say, you begin to cry and you don't know why. Pastor Zach Hasswine in St. Louis, he'll be joining us again in a minute to share some practical thoughts on responding to depression. Whether you're going through a COVID-19 summer and it's gotten personal for you, or you've had to evacuate your home, in the San Francisco Bay Area, listening to KDIA Radio. I'll admit I was surprised when I first learned that Charles Spurgeon suffered from depression. But that great preacher in London learned how to find hope and comfort in the midst of struggle by looking to the Lord. You'll find the same hope when you read Zach Eswine's book called Spurgeon's Sorrow, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. After this program, I'd like to send you a copy of Spurgeon's Sorrows for your gift to the ministry. Just call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or go online and download the first chapter from the book, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now I want us to hear again. A song by Fernando Ortega. Take heart, my friend. We'll go together this uncertain road that lies ahead. Our faithful God has always gone before us, and He will lead the way once again. Take heart, my friend, we can walk together, and if 
his album that's just called Fernando Ortega. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. Fernando's song, Take My Heart, and the program is called Soul Care. One of the most overwhelming things in life is the idea of suicide. We talked about it yesterday, but I felt like we needed to talk about it a little more. You may not notice, but thousands of people contemplate that very thing, taking their life every day. If you know someone or you personally are struggling against this dark tide, I pray this program speaks to you, and I pray you'll reach out for help. If you're really struggling with suicidal thoughts or you need someone to pray 
please call us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd like you to point you to people who can help in the name of Jesus. And our number you can call is 800-654-2836. I'll give you the contact information again in a little bit. We've been talking about difficult things over the past couple of weeks in this series called Soul Care. Difficult things doesn't mean we're embracing the darkness. In all of this, I'm trying to lead us to Christ and finding hope in his love. Depression is a serious word, and I don't take it lightly when I say many are depressed right now. We need hope, and we need help. So I want to turn back one more time to my friend Zach Eswine. Not long ago, I spoke with Zach about these difficult things and how our souls can be cared for even in times of darkness. Zach, could we have some practical advice from you on how to respond when we or someone we know is struggling? One of the most disorienting things about depression is that it often has no rhyme or reason that we can tell. Uh, Sometimes, as Charles Spurgeon would say, you begin to cry and you don't know why. And so sometimes we just don't know the reason that we're experiencing this inner darkness and pain that we are. And that can be uh, hard on us who are trying to care for a person who we love and we want them to just snap out of it. You know, the sun is shining and we want, and we try to reason with them. Look, the sun is shining. You should be happy. Mm-hmm. But they know this already. The problem they're having isn't that they don't know the sun is shining. The problem is that they don't know why it's so dark inside. And, and so beginning there with this, we don't have to know the reason. We can know that God knows the reason. And we can trust what God knows, even when we don't know it. And Spurgeon said it this way. He said, we would feel a lot more for the prisoner if we knew more about the prison. And he was talking about depression. And so, number one, we can't, we can't fix it. Uh, no, even, even no amount of Bible, uh, quoting the Bible, as important as a help as that is, it, can't, it doesn't fix it. We remind ourselves that quoting the Bible, if we have a physical injury, uh, it's not a magical cure, but uh, it orients us back to what's true, and it lifts our heart to God. But we, if, if, I, if, I, if in essence I say, here are two Bible verses, call me in the morning, like a doctor might do, we're missing something profound. What depression calls us to do is to realize we can't fix it. We aren't in control. And now we have to realize and admit that we're creatures. We're not God. And so now we come alongside another person. We walk with them. I so appreciate Pastor Zach Eswine's last statement. Did you get it? We've come to the realization that we're not God. And so now we come alongside another person. That's our role in helping others in times of sorrow. Not being a Savior, but we point them to the Savior, reminding them that there is someone who can come alongside us. He's the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, and he's also the great physician. It reminds me of a story you find in Mark 8 of a blind man. A few friends with him walk up to Jesus. No, this is not the beginning of a joke. It's a story of the deep, deep love of Jesus. 
This story shows us what it means to be a friend in times of need. It's there in Mark 8. Let me share with us, starting in verse 22. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He looked at the blind man. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? Well, the man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened, and his sight was restored, and he saw clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Well, Mark eight twenty-two through 26 is a fitting place for a program called Soul Care. You might have heard this passage and say to yourself, what's this got to do with caring for the soul? Wiping spit on someone doesn't seem to be caring for them. Imagine trying that today. But actually, what we heard is Jesus' deep love for a blind man. And let me show us three ways that we can see that. First, this miracle is a parable. Of course, it really happened. Jesus really healed this man who was blind, no doubt about that. But this healing happened a little differently than most of his other miracles. Jesus usually healed directly and immediately. But here, of all things, he used spit and wiped it across the man's eyes. Why did he do that? Well, we know he's the great physician, the Lord himself. He doesn't need anything besides his own power, his own words to heal someone. He can speak, and it's done. But in this instance, Jesus went out of his way. No other miracle in Jesus' ministry happened in stages like this. The man saw at first, but only partially, and only after another touch from the Lord does the man see fully. Why all these differences? Well, because the miracle is a parable. Just as the man was blind, stumbling around in darkness, so we are blind in our sin. Maybe not blind physically, but blind to our deep need for God's grace, and blind to the fact that Jesus is the only one who can save. Think of all the times the blind are healed in Scripture. It really happened, but it also shows us just how blind we are until the Lord breaks in and saves us. We may think we see clearly, but when our eyes are truly open to the Lord, we then can realize how blind we've been. Here in Mark 8, the miracle had another target, but the disciples whose sight seemed to come gradually, just like the blind man's being healed in stages. The disciples sometimes seem to know who Jesus is, that he's the very Son of God, but their image of him was blurry. It's no mistake that right after this story, Peter says to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Messiah. And in the very next chapter, Peter's confession will be met with a vision. Jesus transfigured himself. That's a glimpse of divinity, proof that he truly is the great physician. If he's God in the flesh, then he has the power to heal broken bodies and weary souls. And that's news we need today. 
Now, there's a second way we can see the love of Christ. Jesus' compassion for those who suffer. We see that he's a close friend. That's how he treated the blind man in Mark 8. When the people, his friends, brought the man to Jesus, we read that they begged Jesus to touch him so that he would be healed. Those are good friends to have. We all need friends like that, pleading for us before God's throne of grace. But listen to what Jesus did. Verse 23, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. If you're not blind, have you ever led a blind person by the hand? Well, try to picture this scene back then. It's in the little village of Bethsaida, a fishing village at the northern point, northeast point of the Sea of Galilee. Men there would have been fishermen, shepherds, farmers, but not this man. How radically different would his life have been from other men in his village? How alone must he have felt? How dark would his world have been? In the midst of his darkness, Jesus took him by the hand and led him away from the hustle of the village, the bustle. And then, and then Jesus did something shocking. He put his own spit into the man's eyes. Why? Well, it wasn't to show off to anyone standing by. They surely would have thought it was pretty, well, I'll use the word gross. It wasn't because he needed to do it in order for the miracle to happen. He did it for the sake of the man not being able to see the miracle happening. Jesus made sure he would at least feel it. Our Lord put his hand on him like a dear friend. A little sight comes. And then in verse 25, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened. Our Lord showed great compassion for this man. It's a compassion he has for all who suffer. If you're feeling lost today or alone or you've had to flee your home for some reason or you're quarantined right now and you're sensing a distance from the Lord, turn to him. Let his healing touch breathe life into your soul. But there's a third, one more way. We see the Lord's love. The miracle leaves us an example. The Lord alone has the power to heal like this. He's the creator. He knows what's wrong with his creation, and he alone knows how to heal it. We aren't healers like he is, but we can help like him. We can respond to the needs of others like Jesus. Did you notice how Christ gave his full attention to the man? How often do we treat the sufferers in our life like a nuisance or a problem to be fixed? Not so with Jesus. He gave the man his full attention. He responded to the fullness of his need. He didn't just fix his blindness. He gave him the gift of close, personal interaction. The Lord drew near, and he comes near to all who cry out to him in need. Maybe there's someone in your life like this man, or like Charles Spurgeon, who we've heard about these past several days. People have deep needs. Are they your pet project? someone you're looking to fix? Or are they image bearers who also happen to be suffering deeply? Look to the Savior today. See his compassion for you, and then go and do likewise. That's what coming alongside someone looks like. 
and with the Spirit's power working in you, may we meet the needs of others with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who but Jesus loves the sinner? Who but Jesus calls him friend? Reaches out to touch the leper Bids the weary come to him Who but Jesus loves the lowly Those the world has cast aside And with such scandalous compassion Makes a wretch his chosen bride who but Jesus dwelt among us Called this broken world his home Took on flesh and pain and sorrow Reaping what he did not sow With the lost he shared salvation With the thief he shared a cross all that we might share his riches Who but Christ would give it all Who but Jesus Who but Jesus Jesus loves the sinner Enough to give his life Love too pure for men to merit Grace too glorious to deny Praise him now, my joy in living Yes, in death my comfort rests Jesus loves this sinner He alone is my righteousness Who but Jesus Who but Jesus Laura Story here on Haven Today, Who But Jesus, on a program called Soul Care. Who but Jesus can save us? Who but Jesus can truly comfort us in our pain? I'm so glad we could have this pastor from St. Louis, Zach Heswine, on the program with us for the past several days. He's done a remarkable job of offering hope for those who struggle with difficult things like depression, anxiety loneliness, even suicide, things like even a great preacher 
like Charles Spurgeon struggled with. I was surprised when I first heard that, but we all know someone who struggles, and it may even be you. Well, that's why I'd like to send you a copy of Zach's book, Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. This book is an honest look at depression and sorrow, but it doesn't stop there. It points us to the great physician, Jesus Christ, and it helps us to find hope and peace in his love. Well, I want to send you a copy of this book. You just need to call us right now. We'll send it to you with our thanks for your gift to the ministry and the number to call. And you can also call and leave us your prayer request as well right now. 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. And if you'd like to just read the first chapter of the book, we've got it there on our website. You can also make your gift there and ask for your copy when you go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget, it's still not too late to get a copy of the feature film, I Still Believe. It's a well-made movie. We have it on DVD, telling the incredible story of Jeremy Kim, just as his career was taking off, and how he and his first wife faced her cancer diagnosis by turning to Jesus. I know this movie will help you find hope here in this hot, fiery COVID August of 2020. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again, we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. In politics, public opinion is everything. Every candidate knows their words will be scrutinized. Just one comment can move them from hero to zero. It even happened to Jesus. In John 6, he was followed by thousands, but John 7 opens by saying, After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. Unlike any political candidate, Jesus wasn't worried about public opinion. Never before or since has the world seen a man so fearlessly speak the truth without flip-flopping, chickening out, or hesitating for a moment. And it's because of his courage and obedience you and I have life today. You can try out Anchor Devotional at no cost. Just visit getanchor.com.